What's up, design family, and welcome back to another episode of Fit Design TV. As always, so glad to have you lovely folks back on the channel. On today's episode, I'll be outlining the absolute first step that you as a fashion entrepreneur, a fashion brand, must take in order to guarantee long-term success for your business. And this is not what you think. It's not about registering an LLC. It's not about putting together a design team. It's not about putting together designs, creating a logo, none of the traditional stuff. This is a lot more rooted in actual mechanics of business. And this is the idea of solving a problem first. What problem do you want to solve? Every great business comes off of the back of the entrepreneur knowing what specific set of problems that they want to solve in the market. These problems allow them to outline their customer, to understand their customer, and ultimately to understand what their unique selling points are going to be. I'm going to reframe the way that you think about creating your business. When you think of a problem, you're going to be able to identify the niche of the business, you're going to be able to really understand your customer, and you're going to be able to create every single decision, whether it's a design decision, whether it's a hiring decision, whether it's a marketing decision, off of the back of that deeply rooted understanding. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Welcome to Fit Design TV. Are you interested in sports fashion, design, and manufacturing? Are you establishing your own brand? You're looking good. Anthony, how are we doing? Do you want to? Thank you. Well, you've come to the right place. Lights, camera, action. Let's start off with a very clear example. One of the most well-known examples of problem solving when it comes to a fashion brand is a company like Tom's. Tom's in and of itself is selling you shoes. Sure, the quality of the shoes are good, the designs are fresh, but that's not all they're selling. They're not only selling you shoes, they're selling you the opportunity to participate in social change. Tom's is one of the pioneering leaders in the buy one, give one business model, which honestly, I would say they really brought out to the mainstream. The problem that they were solving is that there was an underrepresented problem of a lack of footwear in the developing parts of the world. And in order to entice customers to buy into their shoes, they attached every single purchase that you would make with the idea of giving a pair or a light pair of shoes to someone in need in a developing country. What they allowed you to do is to feel like you were connected to the social change with every single purchase you made. That was the problem they were solving. The idea that people lack footwear and not only do they lack footwear, but the ability to buy high quality and long lasting footwear. They gave you, a customer, the ability to buy into that social change and at the same time to benefit with a pair of your own shoes. Another and more similar example is going to be Gymshark. Gymshark is a great example of a company that really caught the wave of the fitness storm that happened during the early 2010s. Fitness as we knew it back in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s was something that was only reserved for your super muscular bodybuilder, someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, someone that was intending on competing. People used to look at fitness and bodybuilding as this very niche type or this very niche form of exercise where only these gruesome large freaks with these bulging biceps would actually perform these ideas. But as we went into the early 2000s, the early 2010s, fitness became much more mainstream. As fitness became more mainstream and as social media took the ability of someone's fitness journey and brought it out to the forefront, you were able to share your body transformation, you were able to share your goals, your habits, your day-to-day, -day, how you're indulging in this fitness journey with the rest of the world. This skyrocketed the way that fitness was enjoyed and the way that it was practiced. Soon, it no longer became something niche. Everyone had to have a low body fat. We had to work out in the gym three days a week, five days a week. And there was this complete shift in the way that fitness was perceived on social media. This brought the rise of a need in the market. Gym wear and sportswear before that was 
lackluster to say the least. It was uninspired. It was just these gym stringers, cotton fleece fabrics, fabrics that were uninspired, low quality garments, and just an overall sort of dreariness to the sportswear segment. The major players were Nike, Puma, Adidas, and they really were not keeping up with the times, especially to what a younger customer needed. Well, Q in Gymshark, a young set of entrepreneurs, Ben Francis and Lewis Morgan, they came in, they saw a need in the market for more up-to-date, high-quality tracksuits, customized fits, fits that allowed you to look and feel great in the sports activities that you were performing. And I remember getting my hands on the first set of Gymshark clothing that we had, and I just remember feeling something different. I remember feeling more involved in what I was doing. I remember feeling more a part of this fitness community that was starting to grow. So the need they filled in this market was this ever-growing demographic of fitness goers and people that were looking to get into the aesthetics game and they needed the clothing to match. So this is what they offered. That's the problem that they identified. So now let's get back to you. You will find yourself in the same position and you may tell me, Shadi, I'm a little bit late to the game. Gymshark was so early. They were able to capitalize on such a large subset of the fitness market because they had a first mover advantage. What is my advantage? Well, I will tell you this. The beauty of fashion is that there is a type of fashion for everyone and fashion can be extremely niche down because clothing is something that we're all going to need. Well, the good news is that that niche, no matter how niche it is, can still be a viable business opportunity. What you want to do is first identify your niche. Be specific about what category of clothing really interests you. It can't just be sportswear anymore. You cannot be so wide in your approach because the wider you are in your approach, the more difficult of a game that you're playing. You have less specificity, less ability to penetrate the market in a way that is profound. Think of it like you have X amount of resources, but you have this large open space that you need to penetrate towards. What, what you need to do is focus your efforts on one or two smaller segments of the market and be hyper-focused with your approach. And this is going to allow you then to identify a unique problem in the market. Once you do that, well, profile your customer. You know what niche of the market that you're in, whether it's equestrian wear, whether it's hiking wear, whether it's clothing for pets, whether it's sports clothing for pets, you can be as specific as possible. Then you start to profile your customer. Create a customer avatar profile and lay out the key characteristics and the traits of this customer. By doing so, you start to understand your customer and you start to understand the problems that they're going to face, which we're going to go through in a future part of this episode. So how does one create a customer profile, a customer avatar profile that gives us all of the key pieces of information that we need to make accurate design, manufacturing, marketing decisions? Well, first we start off with the core demographics. These are age, gender, location, occupation, and their income level. This is the bare minimum that you need to know about your customer. Of course, some of these can be ranges. They're not going to be exact, but you want to have some idea. Next up, you want to go into your psychographics. These are going to be things like their interests, their values, their hobbies, their attitudes, and their lifestyle. This is going to give you a better understanding of how they think, how they are motivated to make certain decisions. Then you want to go into their behavior or shopping habits. So how often do they shop? When do they shop? How much do they spend? How often do they buy? These are going to give you key decisions on how to price your garments, when to actually launch your products, when to promote your products, where to promote your products, so on and so forth. Last, you want to understand their unique needs and the challenges that they face, which is going to take us into the next part of the episode. In order to accurately define what challenges a customer is going to face, you need to have and employ a key or a high level of empathy. First thing in the exercise that I recommend all of my customers doing is put yourself in your customer's shoes for a day. Start off by outlining your customer's avatar profile. And then for the next day, 
take yourself mentally or even physically through what your customer would experience on a day-to-day -day basis. Put yourself in the customer's shoes. What time would they wake up? When they wake up, what would their morning routine look like? What would they grab? What would they wear on the way to work or on the way to school? What would their footwear be like? What method of transportation would they take? How long would it take for them to get into the office? What would they be listening to? What would they be consuming on the way to the office? So where are they spending most of their time when they get into their office? Are they more introverted? Are they more extroverted? You need to know exactly A, B, C, D, what your customer is doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And this mental model allows you then to start to identify unique opportunities in their daily flow that shows you, oh, they're missing this here. They're facing this challenge here. They may not be able to find this here. This starts to allow you to outline where you need to come in as a brand and fill in the deficiencies. I'll give you guys a personal experience as someone who's been there and done that. I created a brand called Spectre back in 2018 that I started off by trying to understand if I was to create a fashion brand, a sportswear brand, I would want to set myself apart from the market. In order to do that, I went through my customer's mind. I put myself in my customer's shoes and luckily, I myself was profiled as a customer that I would like to purchase. So I knew what my day-to-day -day was like. I looked at my habits. How often do I buy? And when I buy, what are the things that are important to me? Is it quality? Is it price? Is it fabric? Is it just aesthetics? And then I looked at where do I use clothing on a day-to-day -day basis? And how often do I change? And in what sets of clothing do I often change into? I looked at the fact that I pretty much like to wear the same sets of items every single day with a little bit of variety here and there, but overall the aesthetics are quite similar. And I figured that others would like that as well. I wanted designs that were versatile, but that also screamed class and luxury. I knew that my clothing needed to have the ability to go from different scenarios effortlessly, both from an aesthetic standpoint and a functionality standpoint. And I knew that the core of the market was the fact that my customers were going to train in these garments. So ultimately I outlined the fact that my garments, my clothing needed to be able to represent a customer's 70% proportion of their wardrobe effortlessly without the need to compromise. So my clothing need to perform the functions of 70% of my customer's existing wardrobe. And there I set out to look at, okay, I need to have certain core functionalities that allow my garments to be used in the gym. So breathable fabrics, lightweight fabrics, high quality sweat wicking fabrics, stretching fabrics. And then I needed to have designs that were unique that could speak to a customer's personality, but understated. That way they could use the same garments, whether they were in a more professional setting or they're in a more casual setting. And lastly, I needed to have my garments blend in with the personalities of the people that were buying them. The packaging, the way that the story was told, the way that they received the garments through the website experience, all of that gave me unique opportunities to cater the brand and to solve my customer's problems. So remember guys, when starting a fashion brand, the first thing that you should do is help the world, solve a problem. Be attuned to the fact that every single business must offer value upfront in return for a customer's purchase. Even at FitDesign, even to this day, even in this video, my goal is to provide value upfront to solve your problems. And I believe that the world will reward my efforts. Whether it happens or not, my goal is always to provide a value. The same is true in business. Be smart about your business. Understand that the right niche can make or break your business, but also solving the right problem can make or break your business. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this unique twist. I really believe in this approach and I've employed it in every single major business that I've started or that I've supported others in starting. 
I always encourage people to look at the world in a way that allows them to add to it, not to take from it. When you add, 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 when you solve, 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 what goes around comes around, and soon enough, you find yourself on a path towards success. Guys, I say this from the very bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Fit Design TV. And also, I say to all of our members, thank you so much for taking a chance on the Fit Design membership program. It is a pleasure to have you on there. Whether you're a Fit Design family member, a Fit Design pro member, or an elite member, I know that you're enjoying the perks. We've been committed to launching four key episodes or two key episodes every single week of unique bonus content offering premium best-in-class fashion design digital resources and for our elite members personalized one-on-one -on -one consultation experience from me so you'll send me an email and within 24 hours i will respond to you with a personalized video giving you all of my expertise everything that i have to offer from my position in the sportswear and activewear market designing developing designing collections for over 1,000 brands and I'll bring that to you directly in a way that is tailored to you. Also, if you want to speak with me one-on-one -on -one for an extended period of time, I offer consultation services that you can check the link in the description. I will say this, every single client that we've ever had has walked away with another call already set up because of how much they enjoyed the call. It's not only a call that allows you to push technically, but it's a motivational call. It's a way for you to know whether you're on the right track or on the wrong track and I will push you to make the right changes because I've been there and I've done that. I've been in your shoes, whether it's as an owner, operator of a brand, or it's someone that has helped the top tier brands in the sportswear field excel and continue to grow. Guys, I say this from the very bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week's episode, stay awesome.